There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, aka the Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And I should have switched up the intro because for this month, we're back weekly. We were doing all of the Serenity books. Yes, what's our new name? I don't, it's the same name. This is a placeholder <laughs> while we wait for season 12 to finish. Yes. So the Whedon properties. Eh, we're not going to do Dollhouse and Dr. Horrible. So some of them. Probably not. They're, they're fine. All right. Well, anyway. A- end of review on those ones. We're talking about Serenity and Firefly and all that good stuff. And you might be thinking, there aren't that many Serenity comics. Do we really need a reading order on this? Haha, <laughs> yes. Oh my god, they're even more confusing than the Buffy ones. There's just fewer of them, though. But it's all over the place. So the way we're going to treat this is all of the books that are out so far have been collected into five different editions, and you really got to jump all over the place to get the correct order on these. So we're going to... And by correct, we mean chronological. Yeah, and correct. Okay, just checking. Just, just being explicitly clear. So we are going to suss that out because it's a mess. So sit on down with your hardcovers. We're starting at the beginning, so, you know, grab volume two. Yep. But don't read all of it. Well, don't even start at the beginning. Jump to the second last story in the book. How did you even figure this out? Uh, based on who is around. Please note, dear reader, that I don't figure out the chronological order. I just read them. Did I say reader? I meant listener. I don't know. Whichever. Either one. Also, hey, because it's, you know, end of June, beginning of July, depending on if you're on Patreon or not, sign up for our Patreon. We're going to be doing Patreon-exclusive reviews of Buffy Season 12 as it comes out before we do our main coverage. Yay! Did you know that? When does it come out? One Issue 1 will be out by the time this is out. Do they come out monthly? Yes. Okay, just checking. It'll all work, even with your Japan trip. Oh, I'm going to be gone for 12 days there in the middle. It's like the second you come back, I'm like, do a show about you, <laughs> record a podcast. Okay, cool. My weird jet lag. I'm going to be like 13 hours off. going to be hilarious. Anywho, starting at the second to last issue in volume two, we are reading Downtime. This is a short written by Zach Whedon, art by Chris Samney, who's a pretty big time artist for Marvel. Right, I don't think he has an exclusive contract, but he's done a ton of Marvel work and a ton of work other places. Good, smooth. That was almost a sentence. <laughs> this is the first time this story has been published in print media. Originally, it was released at all places on USA Today's site with some kind of deal they had with Dark Horse. Really? When was that? I don't remember. You always remember things like this. The date, let's say August 12th, 2009. Okay. I was really just looking for the year, but it, sure. That's all a lie. I have no idea. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> don't don't double check. So we open up right after the show Firefly or sometime after the show Firefly ends with the ship Serenity sitting in a snowstorm. Yep. And we don't really see temperatures like this very often in the show Firefly. Gotta imagine planets have snowy conditions. I mean, we saw that one that they brought that dead body back to. Yeah. But anyway, they are in the snow and Wash is like, Mal, we can't fly because I can't see anything. So we're kind of grounded here for a bit. Mal gets all pissy. He's like, you could do it. You've done it before. And Zoe's like, yeah, I bet you can. He's like, Wash is like, come on, dear. You know, side with the husband. She's like, yes, he can't fly through this. So they're like, well, Marital I, guess we'll just, tensions. I guess we'll just hang out until the storm passes. <laughs> so we see what the crew do in their downtime. Jane in his downtime apparently gets venereal diseases. And then has to get him checked out. By Simon. And they do note the real flaw of uh, the medical bay on the ship that it's nothing but windows. So Jane pulls his pants down to show his VD only for Kaylee and Book to be looking through the window and being like, that is not pretty. <laughs> yep. Jane also gets concerned that Simon is going to give him a shot in the dick. He's like, easy does it. It's a shot in the arm. Yeah. I'm not sure you can say that on our show. Why? 
I don't know. It's what happens. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, while this is happening... Following that hilarious scene of sexually transmitted diseases... River goes wandering out into the snow, barefoot, wearing nothing but a summer dress, as River would. <laughs> In the snow. And she immediately finds a band of miscreants, or not very nice-looking people. if you will. But nobody's really noticed that River's gone on the ship, which is a little sad, in a way. I mean, I know she does weird things, but wouldn't you think they'd be like, hey, did somebody leave the door open to the outside world? Mm. Anyway, they don't notice. They're having an awkward dinner where Kaylee gets into trouble for noticing that Wash and Zoe just had sex, and then Zoe glares at her. Yeah. Only for Simon to come in and break the tension by mentioning that Jane has an STD. And Jane's like, what about that doctor-patient confidentiality? It's like, this is hilarious and I don't care. (laughs) Pretty much. Only to cut back to River outside where there's just a pile of massacred bodies. I know, she kills them too. It's not like she just knocks them out in the snow. Oh, yeah, there's... There's a lot of blood. That dude doesn't have a head. No, it's no, it's not good. I don't know how she did that. And then she finds a bird that she bonds with for a minute. (laughs) She goes back inside and Simon's like, why were you outside? She's like, I saw a bird. So, yeah, and he just takes that as like an answer. Yeah, and they're like, oh, the storm's clearing up. Okay, let's let's leave. But Book seems to know that River was up to more than just Very seeing a bird. Yeah, she's like, I went to go see snowmen and they all fell down. He's like, Did they all fall down? She's like, yeah, I took them out. What up? You would actually, too, asshole. She doesn't say any of that. She says things that give you that impression minus that tone and language um no the dialogue is more interesting um folks like did you knock them down and she's like it was easy i turned out their lights she goes, you're keeping a secret goes, what's my secret it's easy for you too and then you know end of the story because book is a murderer yeah and also we, we know that it's been implied and that's the end of this usa today exclusive so weirdly dark not a lot happens but it's fine. It's cool. Yeah, it, little... Everybody does exactly what you think that everybody would based on the show, which I feel really good about. Everybody sounds like everybody. So it's just like we got a little five minute snippet from the show that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. But that's okay. So sticking with your volume two. Look, this it's a confusing order. But now we're going to read the we main story in volume two. All the way back to the beginning of your books. What's it called? Are you ready, children? Better Days. This is the second series that came out, obviously, by The Order, although it comes first or second, I guess, (laughs) depending on how you want to count that short story. So right up front, before we get into things, the issue with the story as a whole is it's kind of pointless. Yeah, so I know we've talked about this with the Buffy stuff as well, that if you decide that you're going to do a prequel, because this came out post-Serenity. Oh, yeah. So we already have the show. We already have the movie that is the continuation of the show. And now we're doing some comics, which is all great. But the problem with a prequel is that you really need to have a very clear story to tell or it will come off as kind of meh. Yeah. It has one thing that it starts to move forward that we'll get into. Uh, Comparatively, the three issues that we're going to cover next time, which were the original bridge between the show and the movie, there are a ton of points to that. That book has all the reason in the world to be where it is. Let's make this clear. It's not that this is a bad, that this is anything bad, or that it doesn't seem like the characters, or it doesn't fit in with the show. It just doesn't really... Do much. Yeah, it doesn't fill in a lot of the gaps. I feel like the reason that this book exists is um, a desire to tell a story with the full cast, seeing as how, you know, they're not all there after Serenity. Right. And and I can totally be on board with that as well. I mean, literally, you own a page from it. Yeah. So I love the idea of it. I just wish that there were a little bit, there was a little bit more to it. So let's just dive into it now that we've kind of spent a couple minutes being like, it's no good. It's fine. It's not. <laughs> it, that's not it at all. It, 
it's fine. It's it's good. It's just especially when it's compared to the don't, next three issues. I feel like you're really trying to just it's fine. We'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. No, anyway, don't worry. We can we'll call it for what it is. So we open issue one with a weapons manufacturer. I forget his name. We'll call him weapons manufacturer. I don't even know if he ever gets a name. To be honest, I forgot. He has a mustache. That's how I recognized him. <laughs> mustache man. He opens saying that he is going to be giving a weapons demonstration, and we're going to see how this works against some kind of thieves. If only we knew some thieves. Too bad that we don't. It's also like a weird Transformer car thing, by the way. Transformers. I've never actually seen any Transformers movies. Is that actually like a Transformer? No. Okay, well. That's fine. In any case. So we turn the page and we find that everyone is involved in the heist. We have our usual crew of Mal, Jane, and Zoe, but also there are Simon. Wearing fancy red glasses. Which is actually, for as much as we're like, this doesn't do anything, I actually really like this. Simon is wearing those stupid red glasses he was wearing in the pilot that never came up again and looked really out of place. It turns out that the reason Simon has these stupid looking glasses is that uh, they protect him from retina scans from Alliance Security. Which makes so much sense. And so, yeah, that's a hugely awesome point for this book. Yeah, I mean, when I got issue one, I'm like, oh, cool. Fix those dumb looking things. Now they have a purpose. And Simon is there inside of an art museum to get antiquities that they'll be able to sell, including Jane picking up an ashtray and being sad that it's not worth anything. (laughs) Funny that ashtrays are still around in the present. Funnier, they load all this up on a truck that says express cargo, except it's still that kind of dumbass thing of spelling express with just an X because it's hardcore and extreme. Extreme with an X? I hate that. You set yourself up for that. So anyway, we're like in our little getaway van and- It's just a truck. I like that it's not like crazy high tech. Yeah. It's just a truck. And all of a sudden, the big red flying transformer thing, I'm going to keep calling it a transformer. That's fine because it transforms later. See? It does. So the big red flying transformer thing comes attacking their van and Zoe can't quite outrun it before it hits them. It's fine. It also looks like the turtles van. It's just a dump truck. It kind of looks like the turtles van. The robot that's following them is kind of a hovercraft with wings on the side of it and a big eye in the middle. A high speed chase ensues and then we do get an issue that I have with some of these books. Jane opens up the back of the truck and starts firing two massive automatic weapons, which is interesting visually, but since we're already going from live action into this form, the guns that Jane has could not be held one-handed, let alone dual-wielded. No, I don't know anything about guns, but I believe you. His arms would just like immediately shoot up into the air from the recoil. Yeah, it looks really cool, though. Yeah. Jane's also constantly smoking a cigar in this issue. Why not? Which just makes me smile. Jane notes that these guns don't do a single scratch against this robot, which is funny because we're going to see them be super vulnerable later. I hate that trope and things. But not yet. And so Mustache Man is like watching this all on the camera, evidently from the Transformer. Giving his weapons demonstration, showing that they'll be caught. And so they do some fancy driving. And by fancy driving, you mean drive off of a freeway to a lower part of the freeway. So they should be dead. And then they escape out of the back of their truck in their own fancy little vehicle. With the new mule, the one that we see in Serenity, the one that's an upgrade from the four-wheeler. Yeah. And so they're all just chilling in there. They're not really chilling. They're running away in their hovercraft. Yes. They try and go and... To some kind of underground tunnel where they won't, they don't think that this flying weapon will be able to follow them, only for it to tuck its wings in and set out wheels. So it continues just to drive after them. Yep. So Mal has the genius plan to jump off of the mule for some reason. But it turns out this was the heist all along and Kaylee drops down out of nowhere only to disable it and then they steal the weapon. Right. 
now Mustache Man is very upset because not only did his demonstration go poorly, but the, the petty thieves that they, he was supposed to catch actually caught his Transformer. All of the buyers leave only for him to punch a screen, clenching his fist and goes, Reynolds, which is weird. That he it's knows like, them by have, name. They have a vendetta and I don't think these two know each other. Yeah, it is a little odd. Vendetta. V4. I watched that movie cool i didn't really like it we cut away from that page to go to a very vibrant page of mal and anara getting it on yeah but then we see that it's really not mal it's really an alliance soldier and anara is just fantasizing about having sex with mal they're chatting as they do what's weird is like i know you weren't thinking about me good pillow talk i mean it's all very weird because she's a companion so they're talking about things and he's like yeah i'm really just on this planet to Catch the dust devils, which what are dust devils, you may ask? Well, they were brown coat extremists who continued to fight after the war and would do things like shoot civilians and yada, yada, yada. Just like crazy. I guess you can't call them domestic terrorists because there's no real domestic part of this. Right. But they kind of sounded like IRA tactics in Ireland. Like that's what it sounded more like than anything. Extreme guerrilla warfare. And so the Alliance has contracted some people to go out and basically take them down it. At Fine, any cost. Said dust devils. And kill them. Kill. And so he, our lovely alliance guy, announces that he's there to catch some dust devils, but that Inara wouldn't know them because... She's a classy broad. Yeah. Cutting back to Serenity, we see them selling the weapon to some guy who has grills, so I guess grills are still a thing in the future. Are those grills? I thought they were braces. No, I think you're probably right that they're grills. I just saw you, them as braces. You thought it was just <laughs> an orthodontist was on this planet? I did. Well, people an, are going to have bad teeth in the future. An adult orthodontist. So? I know they exist. It is not that weird. Anyway, so they go to sell the weapon except for one part of it which will make it run and turns out this individual doesn't have money but offers them a location where they can get a bunch of cash and then after they get all the cash they'll send them the other part and then we get to a very special page yeah i'm looking at it right now yeah cutting to the interior of the ship we see our first scene of everyone in the dining hall and what's interesting about this page is this will be the final image we see of all nine characters in one shot and that would be the reason that it's hanging in our house yeah yeah i own that page it was the first page of art i ever bought yep i was gonna buy it on ebay but then i got cold feet at the last second probably because i was poor and then i found it at new york comic-con and i bought it in person instead you were probably still poor yeah it probably was slash am <laughs> But I do, So this is going to give me a chance to talk about the art because we were dealing with Will Conrad as our main penciler. We've talked about him before doing Angel Season 10. And this, honestly, it brings all of the art down for me, but not because of him. I look at the penciled page that he's done. Like the pencils are what we have. We don't have any inks on it. They are incredibly detailed. It is a gorgeous page. It really is lovely. It It's shaded and like the, just, very carefully drawn. So much work has been put into this page. And I don't think it's the anchor, but I think it comes down to the colors. The colors muddy it up. And you don't get those fine details that are in just, just this lovely piece of art, which I assume goes for all of his work. And none of it looks bad in here, but it looks muddy in comparison to the fine pencil work that he did. I mean, you think about the galley of the ship, and it's all kind of brownish. And everybody's clothes are also all kind of brownish, except for Anara's sometimes and Kaylee's. But even in this scene, Anara and Kaylee are also kind of in that red-brown 
I just look at the faces and they all look like they, mud yeah. compared to what they look like with the original work, which looks much better. So it's too bad that the final product you're not really seeing as high of quality as it should look. But rest assured that the original pages are gorgeous. Yeah. Or at least this one is. And I can't imagine that it was <laughs> any different than the others. <laughs> that was the only page he really tried on. That's why <laughs> The I other ones are just like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks good in the finished product, but it doesn't look as good as it should. Yeah, that's fair. And it turns out this form of payment they're going to go to is by going to a Buddhist temple and stealing money. As one does. And most of them sign off on it. Mal's like, it doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway. Yeah. So they all go to the temple. Uh, they... <laughs> Just put a, a wire around Buddha, lift him up, go underneath it, and find a ton of cash. And it turns out it's not the amount that they were promised. It's much more. And that they're finally rich. It's millions of dollars or whatever they have in the future. Units? I mean, are they units? They're literally holding up $1,000 bills. Yeah. No, they are a very, A lot of $1,000 bills. And they all just kind of stare at each other because they don't really know what to do. Yeah, because they're so used to living on the edge. And so we immediately cut to Jane's fantasy. In issue two, issue one complete. Oh, yes. I don't know. We don't mention it. We don't normally, yeah. So we cut to Jane's fantasy where he is standing on the bridge of a ship. Yeah, and and he's in a very fancy uniform and he's commanding all sorts of people. The name of his ship is the Radiant Cobb. Yes. And he's commanding all sorts of people, and he's very authoritative and in charge. And the Alliance is even afraid of him. And then we cut back to everybody just laughing at him. Yeah, because what we're doing is we are all telling our fantasies of what are you going to do with your share of millions? And they all think it's really stupid that Jane's wearing a fancy military uniform, and he has a really obedient crew, and his ship's name is the Radiant Cobb. And so Wash goes on to tell his fantasy, and he and Zoe are living on like a floating island ship thing. It's luxurious, whatever it is. They literally say that it's a luxury cruiser. Does that mean it's like a fancy RV? I think it means... In the future. A fancy RV. No, I think they just go on space cruises, all inclusive, and Wash just pilots it. And Zoe's like, I'm not on board of this. And then all of a sudden Zoe shows up with a baby and a little kid in the fantasy. And she's like, I'm on board with this now. Let's do it. Yeah. And the little kid is playing with one of Wash's dinosaurs. And we've had a conversation relatively recently in the show of how Wash wasn't sure if he was ready for kids because they're on the edge. But if they have money, then Wash is ready to take that next step with Zoe, which is all the sadder because, you know, that whole impaling through the chest thing. Yeah. But let's not dwell on that yet because he's still alive and I'm still happy. Mal refuses to tell what his fantasy is because it involves a bunch of sexual oddities, as he puts it. And then we get to a full splash page, which is gorgeous, of the ship arriving on some kind of very fancy planet where they're on vacation. It's like a floating sky island type situation, and it's awesome. And so they go to a fancy hotel, because what else would you do? What I think is interesting here uh, to mention the art again is we're kind of seeing a transition from Mal's clothes from his show clothes into the movie clothes because, you know, in the show it's just, you know, what you would regularly wear with like a button up and he has suspenders. But the movie has those weird straps kind of going across and the more um, plastic or metal suspenders, I guess. I think they were plastic, but... So we have a transition. We see Mal in the shirt that has the straps going across his chest and across his stomach, but he's still wearing the old leather suspenders. So I think it's fun seeing that transition. Yeah, there is some... Attention to detail. Yeah, no. Clearly the people who put this together love this property. And and you can hear it in the writing. It's fine. We can I don't think we've really insulted it. I, I just 
I know that people because it's take not a worth insulting. To do this. I think this is like I said, it's it's good. It's just doesn't move much forward. A couple of little things here and there, but overall, okay, that's. Fair. But we've mentioned this already, so let's just move on. We see that Anara is making another appointment with the Alliance soldier that she saw before, and Mal's a little upset. He's like, "Oh, it's a working vacation for you, is it?" Only for Anara to confront Mal, asking what a dust devil is. He says that he wasn't one, but he said they were a bunch of strong-minded folk that the Alliance might have a different definition for them. So during all this, we cut back to our little alliance buddy who finds out that Anara has been traveling with Mal and that Mal is evidently the dust devil that we're looking for. <gasps> Drama! Only to cut over to one of the best pages of this book. We see Book is telling his fantasy and he looks like... Um, All sorts of on. debauchery. Al Pacino in Scarface. He's smoking a cigar. He has an open robe surrounded by money and alcohol and cocaine and guns. And there are two scantily clad women just rubbing him down. Yes. <laughs> and he's sitting in this giant leather chair. You, you forgot that part behind a desk. And everyone is just staring at him. To the point where there's onomatopoeia of blink, blink, just silence. And, and they just he... laugh. So then he's like, yeah, I'm kidding. I'll, I just give it to the Abbey. I do love that image, though, just of Book as a drug lord. My favorite part, too, is that he's just mysterious enough that they all believe it for half a second. They're like, we don't, we don't really know anything about you. We then cut to Simon and River packing up to go on vacation. And Simon mentioned that it's just like their home used to be. River, you know, enjoying a good story, asked Simon to tell his fantasy to River again. And he goes, you know, I kind of imagined after everything was done, we'd be able to go home and just work on science together. But that's never going to happen because they're wanted fugitives. He's like, oh, but this place is safe. Don't worry about it. And River very ominously in her River kind of way, she's like, this place isn't safe. Yeah. Why don't we listen more to River is my real life question. And then Jane interrupts Simon to... Ask him about companion protocol. Because Jane is like, I just I just wanted to go find a woman and you can't do that. You have to like flatter them and stuff. We don't see the whole conversation, but we see the end of it going, Jane going, and then I stick it in. And Simon's like, no, that's companions aren't prostitutes. You need to be charming and be formal and sensitive. He's like, okay, I do all that. And then I stick it in because Jane's a classy guy. Jane is a classy guy, as we could tell from his classy fantasy. So we immediately cut over to the next page to our Grills guy. We'll call him Grills. To Grills, who is being tortured. We'll never see him after this page, so it's fine. By mustache guy. <laughs> So it's confusing. I'm so sorry. I wish that I knew names, but uh, I don't Grills, even know if they give them names. I don't think they do. So Mustache Guy is upset because he lost his transformer, and so he's pulling out Grills Guy's teeth. Yeah, they're definitely not braces. Yeah, um, he works so hard on them with his grills. He's pulling out his teeth one by one. Super gross. It's very graphic. He says that he doesn't know where Mal is. He's like, oh, that's too bad. Also too bad you didn't have your wisdom teeth taken out. Side note, I should have my wisdom teeth taken out just in case I get tortured. It also turns out it doesn't really matter. He didn't need to torture this guy because the piece that they took off put off a tiny little robot that went on to Kaylee as a tracker. So they know exactly where the gang is in this fancy hotel vacation spot thing. And then Kaylee tells her fantasy and using subtext for the whole thing, she talks about how she'd go back home with her dad and they'd really build up his garage and work on a bunch of parts, including things that may have broken in the past on Serenity, like compression coils, more compression coils, which I liked. And her fantasy also involves Simon bringing her flowers and then they have sex. Yes. Or they just sit there. We can't really tell. We can tell a lot from that. Anyway. From that sweatiness and positioning. Yeah. And then we see... This is a smutty book. 
it is it is a little bit. So then we see River's fantasy, which is probably the best. My page favorite. In the book. This is my favorite thing. I just stared at it for like three minutes straight. <laughs> so River's in this lovely purple ball gown, dancing with a whale in a in a tie. Isn't he a top hat? No, he just has on no, tails. He, he has a tux. He has, he has a, a tux. bow tie and a tux. It's not a whale either. It's just a fish, I think. But it's but there's sized. definitely a castle in the sky, and there's also a dragon and a fairy and a llama and a yellow submarine and Some candy, candy canes, canes and a bunny. I love everything about this fantasy. There's a frog playing a trumpet, being carried by a balloon. And okay, here's where I was upset. So I was cool seeing everybody else's like Actually, visual imagery of their fantasy, but I just want to hear River describing this fantasy. Like, I remember this how page do you do going that? for a lot more than most of them because it's so out there. It's so cool. I bet it did. And then I, yeah. They're all in a hot tub. All the girls are in a hot tub together. And then I love Zoe. She just goes, well, now mine's taken. <laughs> <laughs> Later that evening, we see that Jane was unsuccessful in getting a companion. So he drinks away his woes. Only for them to all get robbed. Oh, no. I know. Or an attempted robbery. By a gun-wielding lady. A woman comes in, firing her gun into the sky, and Mal asks Wash if he can give him a little shade. So what Wash does is he takes a serving tray, has light reflect on it, reflects it into a camera, which apparently controls um, how light and dark the windows are. So because there's a bright light shining at their light sensor, all of the windows go dark immediately. This gun is apparently solar powered and they kick them all into a fountain and they get electrocuted by their electric guns and they all die. It's a weird couple of panels to throw together because so far this issue has gone relatively, it's been paced relatively evenly, right? So we've had like people's fantasies interspersed with the action that's happening and then all of a sudden like a lot of things happen in one page yeah it takes a second to really look at it to figure out what's going on but then all these people are dead and all of the rich people applaud the dead oh they're happy that they're dead so yay afterwards mal and zoe are talking watching a beautiful sunset and for as much crap as i gave the colors earlier this is a very pretty sunset color wise it is it's lovely and also there's it feels like there's more detail in this page for whatever reason like the colors seem to have kept it i don't know but i like it it. it. it just lovely zoe goes up to mal and mentioning how it's nice being the good guys in public where people can notice and mal being mal is on edge because he saw an alliance cruiser come down and zoe's like oh they're going over to anara's shuttle he's like "Uh uh-huh this actually might be about the dust devils because anara was asking me so concerned for anara's safety mal goes and gets his gun and sees anara's shuttle parked off by itself so he goes up to it and who comes out but simon comes (gasps) out of the shuttle so mal is taken aback and then he's knocked out uh someone hits him from behind so the implication here is that simon and anara have just had sex I guess spoilers for a thing that's never been officially put into the story, but has been told by the creators. So let's just deal with it. Anara's dying, and that has been going on for the entire series. That's why she left um, the main companion training house and all that crap. Why she's been running around, and there are all these hints throughout the series. Very when I say hints, I mean like real throwaway lines. Like watching commentaries, like oh, that's a hint to Anara's past. It's a line like Anara's like I don't want to die at all. Apparently that means oh, I have a terminal disease. Yes, hinted that very poorly yeah but that's what's going on so (laughs) although this one this one i actually don't mind at all this one feels a little more pointed as a hint yeah so when i was saying that this moves things forward a little bit this does move anara's disease forward a little bit so this might actually come back up in the future but this book is also starting to get some years on it so who knows if that's gonna what they're gonna do with that hopefully they continue with it but yeah the implication is that simon had sex with anara but really she's just dying and apparently he knows about it yeah We found out from that little short that he doesn't care about patient confidentiality with Jane, but I feel like he feels very differently with Inara. 
really likes her. Well, yeah. She didn't try to sell him out. That's fair. Ending issue two. Did they have sex? The answer is no. (laughs) Yeah. But we turn the page and Alliance guy is punching Mal in the face. He's torturing him. So much torture in these books. Yeah. He's just beating up Mal. He's like, oh, you're a dust devil, you son of a bitch. Blah, blah, blah. And we cut back to... Uh, the weapons manufacturer. His mustache has changed dramatically. Boy, I really wish these people had names. But his I, mustache I don't, is, I don't think they did. His mustache is his one defining feature, and it has changed dramatically. Now he's Tom Selleck. From kind of a pencil mustache to Tom Selleck. We're calling him Tom Selleck for the rest of this. Tom oh, Selleck. Oh my gosh, because when I first read this book, I was a little bit confused about what was happening because it's a different mustache. That was my one defining feature on him. Anyway, it's the so, same guy. He gets a call from corporate saying that he has been terminated due to his poor weapons performance. Makes sense. He lost the weapon. Yeah. And he's working on another weapon. What could it be? It's also red. It's basically the same weapon. It's another Transformer. With Mal being gone for a while, Zoe tracks his footsteps to just outside of Anara's shuttle, asking Anara if she knows where Mal is. She's like, he was literally over there. Anara's like, I don't know, man. That's weird. I'm not hiding anything. Shut up. And so Zoe looks around and she's like, yeah, I think he was probably kidnapped. Yeah, Mal came looking for your client and he was taken. So, you know, don't feel guilty about that or anything. Zoe's not very happy, though. No. They'll go back to the galley, the best room on the ship, and she admits to everyone that she was a dust devil and it wasn't Mal. Right. Drama. I know. Okay, here's my problem, though. I buy it. I do and I don't. Zoe is so order-driven. Well, what we learn about Zoe here is that Zoe was career military. Mal was a volunteer and that she couldn't really shake that after the Alliance won the war. I could totally believe all of those things, but I just find it odd to think that Zoe would would resort to senseless violence against civilians because she didn't know what to do. We also don't know if that's what she actually did. Right. And also... It's vague enough that... We don't have any description of what the Dust Devils actually did other than what Alliance guy says that they did. So like Mustache Guy, I don't really trust him. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. What are we going to call Alliance Guy? Alliance Guy. Oh. Wash comes forward. He's like, hey, I don't really care that you were a dust devil. It's fine. It's in the past, but you have a bad plan. And what's her bad plan? She's going to turn herself over. Yeah, if I were Wash, I would definitely think that's a bad plan, too. Kaylee then hacks into the Alliance's system, transmitting Zoe's message. Basically saying, I'm turning myself in. I'm the dust devil that you're looking for. Which is kind of weird considering the future. I wish they had found a different way to do this because Kaylee is able to project a message on all available screens. And then, you know, let's cut to a few months later in the movie and they need someone who can project on all available screens. Mr. Universe, maybe they contacted him in the meantime. Kaylee does it. I'm trying to come up with it. I'm trying to help out. I wish they had done something different. Isn't that a little bit of a plot hole? Maybe they're only the available screens on that planet because they know know that the Alliance guys are on that planet. I'm going to go with that one. Either way, Zoe's like, yeah, you want me? Give Mal back. Meet me in the desert unless you're a coward. So then Alliance guy beats up Mal a bunch more. Yeah. And so they're just hanging out in the desert with Jane as their sniper. And by they, I mean Zoe and Wash are hanging out in the desert waiting for the Alliance guys to come. And as we've seen on the drop in the pilot episode, Jane is off in the woods ready to snipe away. Everyone else gets their necessary positions inside of the casino-esque thing that they're staying in. To watch out for any incoming people and that kind of thing. Villainous people, yeah. The Alliance uh, touches down, and it's the same kind of ship design that we saw throughout the show. So, you know, again, one credit's due as far as attention to detail. There is a lot of that in this. So the Alliance guys walk Mal off the ship to do the exchange, and right as they're about to do the exchange, and right as Jane is in position, all of a sudden there's a giant foom, and the Alliance ship explodes. Oh, no. 
and everyone's really confused. And we have a weird... To be fair, I was kind of confused yeah. too. And then there's a weird convergence of plot points where Tom Selleck arrives in his own ship, starts shooting at everything. Jane can't pierce the hull of this thing. Again. He has a lot of trouble with piercing. We see one of the Alliance soldiers has snuck onto Serenity. Ready to, River beats him up. Yeah, ready to kill everyone. And River, without looking, just kicks him in the throat and kills him. Yeah. <laughs> He's dead now. Great. So anyway, as Mal kind of rolls away from Alliance control because his hands are still tied together. Handcuffed, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, giant red transformers come off of the mustache guy's ship. Yeah. I'm but not these a, ones walk. I'm not a big fan of this. This feels like something that we didn't really see anything even close to in the show. I'm fine moving the technology forward and showing us something different, but these feel like something out of like 1950s science fiction and not something that belongs in this universe. These look more like the Fugitoid from turtles. the Turtles, <laughs> a, don't they? I guess. That's a weird call. Uh, and then these robots that were previously impervious to bullets, one of them is decapitated because Book comes out of nowhere with a homemade sword. So I think you it's know, like a machete. They're weak now. Yeah, and he's like, you just have to cut off their heads. Yeah, he, and he can get into the fight because they're robots, and robots don't have souls, so he doesn't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. The alliance also very turtle esque. Oh yeah, with all the foot soldiers, eighty seven style. Yeah. Our main alliance guy looks like he's going to shoot Mal, but really he shoots a robot behind him and tosses Mal his gun because they're friends now. Yeah, it's kind of this weird unspoken friendship. It's also very confusing because unless you've kept up with the fact that Tom Selleck is against Mal and doesn't care who he kills in the meantime, it, it's yeah. just all, it's a whirlwind. If he just hadn't blown up that Alliance ship, everyone probably would have been fine with Mal dying. Yeah, really. So it's really his fault. So they team up together trying to shoot this guy down. Nothing works. Mal goes to the back of the mule that Zoe and Wash came out on, throws a winch into the air. It just happens to catch this guy's ship. It's because he's Batman. Okay, cool. It hooks the ship and because the mule is, you know, apparently stronger than this ship that's much larger than it, the ship comes crashing into the ground, killing this man. And then Mal and the Alliance guy part because who the hell knows. And nobody ever talks about the fact that Zoe is the dust devil. That yeah. that was the part that kind of bugged me as I was like, don't we? Shouldn't the Alliance guy at least like... I don't know. They just kind of leave. Yeah. And then Wash is like, hang on, there's one more thing. And he punches out the Alliance guy because he wanted to take his wife for her terroristic actions. Okay. And here is my most confusing part of this whole thing. At the bottom of this page, all of a sudden, this vehicle drives away with these two people in it. And they mention something that the money's getting away. Yeah, we see in the interior of the ship, these guys had come in and taken the money. I assume they were the Alliance guys? It must have been because Mustache Guy died and he didn't really have any associates. Yeah, it's it's very vague and unclear who it these people are the who Alliance. took the money. Yeah. Oh, it turns out the Alliance guy's name was Sanda. We should have mentioned that. Found it. <laughs> well, there you go. Sanda and Tom Selleck. And here's the and interesting part. What? So, Anara's patching up Mal, kind of, or... I think she's just pouring him just some pouring tea. Just pouring him some tea. And she's like, that's so interesting that your best hiding place on the ship, that they would come to it and not look anywhere else and just take the money and go. How weird is that, Mal? So the reason, which we'll get to on the next page, is apparently in the torture, Mal told them where the money was. Except that's not very Mal-esque. No. Mal also berates Anara she, about like, hey, you're not supposed to service crew members. I love her line. She's like, my affairs are. And he just goes, oh, and it's an affair now. <laughs> stop I, it's very mal but at the same time like stop being you <laughs> you you is petty you used poor grammar and this is the line that we do have the hint that it wasn't a sex thing anara just says simon's my friend he's also a doctor 
And Mal doesn't really have any follow-up with that. He's just like, okay. Well, it's because she cuts him off. He's like, and which of those? She goes, you've heard all you're going to. Again, fair. Yeah. So then they're like, hey, we're going to get you to the place where you're going to leave the ship. And Anara's like, yeah, that secret hiding place. They definitely knew right where to go. And yeah, I guess. And Anara says. Why not? Let's just do the end of this because we haven't really done that yet. Okay. You can be the lady. Gee, thanks. Anara. You didn't even seem surprised they found your very best hiding place without looking anywhere else. Guess I'm just unlucky. You're professionally unlucky, Malcolm. Actual luck must terrify you. All those fantasies about what the crew wants to do with their lives. But you, you're doing it. You get by and the crew stays together. You get rich. Then everything does change. This is where I am, Anara. Ain't a place of wishes. I have a wish. I wish the next time you do something so selfish, it wouldn't be so sweet. Yeah, it kind of ends poorly. It ends weirdly (laughs) because it's so unlike Mal. I can see him pretending like the Alliance guys got the money while really stashing it away for a hard time. I don't know. It just seems weird. It doesn't seem like something Mal would do. And considering we know where the story is about to go, because that story has already happened by the time this one was written, we know that they're next to broke by the time Serenity starts. The ship is falling apart. Literally, pieces are falling off of it. No one's eating food. And that's kind of so, the point. So, you know, maybe it? hang on to a buck or two or all of it. They're always broke. And so I just don't get it. That's not like something Mal would do to... Unless Mal bought Zoe's freedom. No, 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 no. I mean, that's the only... No, it's... That's the only thing that makes sense in my brain as opposed to... Yeah, that's definitely not what happened. No, I know, but I'm just saying that it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It's an interesting concept of going, what would they do if they had money? But then for Mal to just kind of undercut everything, it's not sweet, it's selfish. It's... Yeah, yes. I don't know. It it keep also everyone strung out. It's I like, was oh, also yeah, totally I want to keep the family board. together by making us have really crappy lives. I was also That's totally on board with all of this until until that moment because every other decision felt very much like what the characters would do. The character voices are all right on. The, the art, character fantasies are right on. Yeah. The art is gorgeous like i said it's unfortunate that it kind of got muddied up a bit in the final product but where this really kind of falls apart is in plot like we have these two converging plots neither one of which we have a lot of background information on or a lot of investment and oh it's just so convenient when they all converge at the end that when this drop happens that just happens to be when the weapons manufacturer catches up with them and then they all fight together and it's really fast and wrapped up quickly and then the ending with the whole money thing is weird and it just yeah the first two issues fare a lot better than the last one the last one kind of falls off so again from a plot point voices perfect art great but yeah the plot mm. what it feels like is that they had all these cool ideas like what if the crew actually got rich for a little bit and then obviously you have to go back to status quo quo so they have to lose it somehow but what if that happened and what if mal and zoe's past caught up with them a little bit more did a little bit with that soldier that they knew when he came on the ship blah 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 but what if it caught up in a different way what if their own actions caught up with them a little bit more or but then they do just something it all altruistic with the money like the way the money leaves is mal gives it over to the alliance not they do something even books like oh i'd give it to the abbey do that help someone help something no not just give it to the government i know and i cannot imagine a world in which mal willingly gives money to the alliance like that just doesn't make any sense yeah i can see him throwing it away not throwing it away but but giving it away to something that's much less, I don't know, like giving it to 
the brothel in that yeah give it back to do you know what i yeah. mean yeah sorry that was not very clear to the, any of the listeners from heart of gold that whole place um that no longer has a leader and anar is like they're all whores and maybe that's where jane got a venereal disease i don't know maybe but give them the money to rebuild because everything got shot up quite literally when that guy tried to steal the baby yeah and i can see mal doing something like that yeah, it's unfortunate. The third issue is kind of... Mm. It, they set up some cool ideas, and I just wish that either they had more time to kind of explore them for real, or that they hadn't tried to wrap them up together, or that they hadn't tried to do both ideas in one three-issue mini-series. Uh, thankfully for me, this one isn't bad, but I think it's definitely the weakest one that's come out so far. Everything else that we do feels like it has a real point to it with all the stories, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to uh, getting to the next one, which is really the bridge between the show and the movie, finding out Shepard book's backstory and then getting into post movie stuff which is the most exciting i think yeah you do have a special affinity for serenity and firefly yeah but yeah this one's fine the reading order is confusing as all hell but whatever that's why we're here that's why we're here we'll be back next week to talk more in between stuff so we'll talk to you guys then well we should probably plug oh that's right my god it's like we haven't done this in a few weeks it hasn't even been that long i know but before that was a long time (laughs) If you want to find the show, get it a whole week early. We are back weekly for the month of July. Also, we're going to have Patreon-exclusive Buffy reviews up, and we're going to be back twice in August, I believe. Yeah, all those shows will be up a week early over on patreon.com slash editorsnotecomics, a minimum of a buck a month. Gets you all sorts of cool stuff this summer. Also my other show, but yeah. It gets you that a day early. You get to say hi to Jared. And everything can be found at editorsnotecomics.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to email us for any reason, editorsnotecomics. Or just to say hi. Yeah. Hey, all you Twitter people. I don't have Twitter. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I speak for you. Oh, great. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Hoo-hoo. Fancy. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye.